God one by one for a few people and show the first point from the Bible as faith and then the difference between the first and the first and the seventh between the individual people. But God wanted a nation of people. And he wanted to be in the middle of that nation. And so God said to Moses, I want you to build me a tent that my presence will dwell in.
live and to live with the principle of keeping God at the center of their life. And like Moses of old, uh, they heard the call from the center of the presence of the Lord to come in to fellowship with them. Like Abraham, they had made their sacrifice and God had descended down the center of their sacrifice. Like like uh, like Moses, uh, they came into the center of God's presence and they said, we are not going to put uh, this golden image uh, at the center of our life. We are going to let God uh, be the center of our life. Therefore, no way and no how are we going to bow to any other God, uh, any other king, uh, any other deity. We will only bow to the one and true Lord. As regards the rebellion that was against filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times more than it was usual. The furnace got so hot, the Bible says that the soldiers who used the furnace perished from their sweat abasement. But it was in this furnace that these three men were thrown. Daniel chapter 2 verse 24 tells the rest of the story. After Jesus had thrown the men in, he was astonished and rose up in haste and he declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And the answer came from the Lord.
Jesus was confronted by Jewish doctrine in the middle. The Bible says that there was a river whose banks they grabbed the truth of God. God is in the middle of those who will debate about the faith of God. God people. Their God is in the middle of their life. When he is in the center of your choices, when he is in the center of your priorities, when he is in the center of your thoughts, in the center of your home, then you will not be shaken or moved when life throws a little rock at you. Don't get shaken. It doesn't matter how powerful the rock is. It matters that the rock is in the middle of your path. See, the middle is God's willing to grant you relief, distance, or remove an acceptable path. But sometimes in the middle, it doesn't matter what point you are at when you're in the middle, it's just an acceptable path. All points lead to God. If somebody's in the middle, it's acceptable. It's relatable. It's touchable. It's not off to one side. It's not distant or removed, but it is accessible to God. When Jesus came walking on the water in Matthew, we read how Jesus waited on the shore until his disciples were in the boat. The shore was just, Jesus was was watching them carefully. And when they reached the middle of the sea, in the middle of their trouble, then Jesus came to them walking on the water. I believe that God will sometimes allow us to go through things. And when we reach the middle of that circumstance, the middle of that problem, the middle of that trouble, the middle of that circumstance, it is then that God will step in and show himself strong. God will will meet us in the middle of our trouble. Psalm 41 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. It's a, he's a very present help when we are in trouble, when we are in need, when we are burdened or weak or weary. God is in the middle of that problem. God is in the middle of that trouble. God is in the middle of that circumstance where we've got to teach him to say no. I close with this point here. One of the last times God came to man on earth, we find it in Matthew chapter 27. when he was crucified. And so the Bible says that while he was crucified, there were two robbers that were crucified with him. One on the right and one on the left. Even in his crucifixion, Jesus was placed in the middle. He was placed with two criminals, two mercenaries, two individuals who were who were probably or some kind of a, a, a political upheaval. They were at the center of that problem. Jesus was crucified with two criminals. The tragedy is that while Jesus is there dying, one of the criminals begins to revile him and mock him and criticize. 
of the crowd say that you really are the Son of God, that you even did us that which is improper. You bled our suffering. You could rescue us if you were really all that powerful. The others heard what Jesus was saying and said, hey, there's no need to fight. We're getting one in return. And Jesus, Jesus seems to be of two minds. He's suffering at the hands of the Romans and his enemies, and he's pleading with them. He's pleading with them. And if you remember in that story, Jesus, when he was put on the cross, he was accused for breaking the seal to make this fight with the governor, Pilate, and the people. And he says, you know, you can't be out of the kingdom of this man if you weren't even allowed to finish the order that you were given to follow. And, and it would be tough for them how they could give Jesus a, a clear condemnation. Yes, you're the son of the living God, but they didn't want to accept the word that he had given them. And so from Pilate's position, two options for Jesus then to rally from the known murderer Jesus wasn't just taking the crimes and the punishment for those on the left or, or those on the tight 
himself. But it was like saying Jesus was taking the punishment for all mankind. He wasn't on one side or the other. He was right in the middle. He was at the center of all sin. He was taking the punishment for all the sin that humanity was a symbolic measure to put Jesus in the middle was symbolic. They had no idea what they were doing, but symbolically they had placed Jesus at the center of all sin, saying he was the worst of criminals. He was the worst of sinners. He was the worst of offenders. And so we're going to put him in the middle. See, God doesn't want us to be at the center of your life, but he wanted to be at the center of your mistakes. He wanted to be at the center of your failures. He wanted to take the worst kind of punishment for the worst kind of crime. He wanted to be named the worst sinner so that he could meet the worst sinner on the road and say, I paid for your sin. I've met your sin in the middle, and I've taken it myself. doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right. If you're a horrible, worst sinner, or you're just a mediocre sinner, maybe a church sinner, someone who's always gone to church all your life, but you've just committed the sins of here and there and now and again. Or maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum, and sin is your main bread and butter. It is the, 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 the worst kind of offense. It doesn't matter because Jesus is in the middle. Christianity, that baptism is a must, it's a commandment. Jesus 
Jesus commanded his disciples to go into all the world uh, and to baptize. Uh, he commanded his disciples. The disciples uh, often found people and, 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 and asked them the question, Paul, in Acts 19, found a bunch of, of, of John's disciples and said, if you receive the Holy Ghost, who do you believe? They said, we need to know there was such a thing called the Holy Ghost. And Paul then said, well, how were you baptized? And they said, well, we were baptized under John's baptism. We had a baptism of repentance. Uh, Paul said, that was nice. That's good. I'm glad you did that. But you need to be rebaptized in the name of Jesus. It's essential. You can't pass it up. You need to cover his name. You need to put him in the middle of your life. Uh, and you need to be baptized into